Welcome to the Mindful Career Transitions Podcast. This is the show for you if you've had success in your current career, yet you feel like there must be a more fulfilling way to spend your day. Listen in as we share wisdom, career change tips, and expertise on making a mindful transition to a fulfilling and meaningful career. Here's your host, Liesl Teversham. Hello there and welcome back to another episode of Mindful Career Transitions. And today I'm excited to introduce you to Idel Amani from the UK. She has walked her own very long road in her career from unhappiness and not being healthy to doing something that she is passionate about and loves every single day. I'm going to ask Idel to share a lot more detail about that, but let me tell you a little bit about her background first. She's the published author of four books and her latest is called Untangling the Myth, Where Science and Magic Meet. I think that's a wonderful title. It's a step-by-step manual to bring science to energy processes. In her work and in this book, she teaches us how to harness and influence our epigenetic signals, how to create new neural networks and consciously create a life of peace and happiness. She's going to share some of this wonderful work of hers on the topic of career change and even for your current career. I can't wait to hear her wisdom. So, Idel, welcome. It's so great to have you. Hello, Lizelle. It's lovely to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. And first, before we dive into those wonderful things like, you know, all about uh, the body and cell frequency and career choices and so on, I'd love to ask you to share with us a little bit about your background and how you came to do this work. Uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll go into it briefly. Um, the, the book actually kind of the title changed slightly. So it became Untangling the Myth Where Science and Spirituality Meet. Um, because I I wanted to sort of incorporate everything in it. I wanted to get away from religion, magic, and all the rest of it. I wanted to get people to understand that we're dealing with energy. Um, my road was a very challenging one. Um, I had a very abusive uh, childhood right the way through to leaving home and going into relationships and a very abusive marriage. And I left with bringing up four children on my own. And that took me into... A corporate career. Um, I had absolutely every every sickness you could possibly think of from pleurisy at the age of 19. I had blood clots. I had my bowels almost bursting. I had chronic asthma. Um, I had um, sciatica after the children and I ended up with uh, endometriosis. So, you know, we're talking about a a lifetime of ill health and a lifetime of sort of struggling in cycles of stress and anxiety and really uncomfortable situations. And even going into corporate finance was very, very uncomfortable for me because I had no self-worth. I had no self-esteem. I had no uh, qualifications even. And but I had to find something where I was bringing in two people's salaries so um, it was going into that that started me on the road of discovering myself again because I knew I'd locked myself away through my marriage. I, I felt myself go in and lock away and this shell just emerged out of it. And uh, m- most of my 
story is in my is in the book there, there is a bio in the book so people can get uh, an idea of what you know some of what really went on then but it was through that corporate career that I started to get the first inklings that we actually are able to control what happens to our body because a lot of the work that I did um, I did through experience I wasn't able to do the qualifications various things happened you know they lost the exam sittings the tutors got made redundant it was crazy but but I was still moving on and up in finance and I and I went from sort of like the clerks purchase ledger sales ledger uh, sort of clerk jobs uh, right up through to financial analyst business analyst uh, financial manager and then on to being a financial controller and uh the I, I because I was doing contract work for a lot of this, I knew I, I, I actually felt I can't get ill because if I get ill, I don't get paid. Uh, and it was always on, on my mind that I, I needed to be consistent and I needed to keep going. And I found that as the years went on in finance, I actually found that I never got a cold or a flu. As soon as I got that inkling that something was starting, I would be no no, this isn't going to happen. I've got to work. I've got to be there. I, I'm the one because I, eventually I was managing departments. So I was in charge of everybody else. And I had to be there, you know, for the others and I had to cover for them. And I, I, I started to realize that, you know, I wasn't getting ill. Um, but I didn't know why. I didn't know what, what was the cause of this. So uh, it was by the time I, I, I got hit with the endometriosis, was was at a time when I was doing the financial work. I, I wasn't enjoying it. I loved the people. And most of my work was actually more HR than finance. And I was working with and communicating intercompany communications and building intercompany communications. And I love the people. Um, so there was a great conflict in me because I really didn't want to be doing the financial side of it. And my body just slammed me with this endometriosis, with this chronic pain. I was bedridden for a week and I ended up with a hysterectomy. And it was at that time that I had to face where I was. And I realized that this wasn't the career for me. And I didn't know what was going to be the career for me, but I knew that the change had to start from that point, because I was just going to kill myself if I stayed where I was. Um, so and that brings me into, you know, the, the road of, of doing what I'm doing now. That is amazing. So it was a personal journey of, uh, I think, I hear that so often from people is our personal, uh, let's call it suffering for lack of a better word in this moment, mm. that leads to something that we eventually make meaning of. And either create work from or volunteer work or something really meaningful. So if we can learn yes. from that journey, and that's what I heard you did. And so then I'd love to dive right into the first um, question I want to ask you, Adele, is so many of us go through sick leave and things because we actually our bodies are crying out for Please rescue me from this work that I uh, that I don't like. But what is your view? And can you tell us a little bit about cell frequency and how yes. it can eliminate sick leave? Indeed. If you imagine taking figures from 
the UK in 2013, it was that there was 131 million pounds lost in sick leave. And 15.2 million of that was was through stress, anxiety and depression. And even down to uh, those people who were on benefits, uh, there, there was an increase in suicides for those on benefits in that time. So it has a major effect on our body. And what I, in my research um, and in this phenomenal journey I've done since I left finance, um, I, I, I was always very prone to science. In fact, when I was a child, I wanted to go into science research, but my mother, being a narcissist, um, had full control of what I did. And she was, no, you want to do home economics. You want to do cooking. Um, that's where you want to stay because that's, you know, that'll get you ahead. <laughs> and um, so I, I I kind of seemed to sort of navigate back to my my science and I wanted to find scientific evidence for even the simple thing, like why was I not getting colds? Why did they suddenly stop? Because I decided that they weren't going to. Was there a scientific basis for it? And as I did my research, I came across cellular biologists. And one of these was Dr. Bruce Lipton. And his trials, and I mean, he, he's been doing this for over 30, 40 years, and he was in the major uh, medical industry, and he actually took himself away from it because he saw how incongruent it was because obviously the medical industry is um, is is so entangled in the pharmaceutical industry and it's all there for profit. And he he took it away and he started to do his own research. And this brought him to understand not just genetics but the epigenetics side of and this is this is the expression of the genes this is i mean every cell is exactly the same our eyes our ears our nose it they're all the same there's no difference in the cell except the expression of them and it's what the the cell the gene sorry that it's the genes not the cells and what the gene turns on and off depends Actually, that's that says if it's going to be for the eyes, it's going to be for the nose, it's going to be for the ears, you know, for all these sort of things. And so Bruce Lipton started to work with um, doing trials. And he found that over the course of years and doing these trials, that our cells, they take their signal from our beliefs. There's a direct link to the way that we believe and how the cell reacts. And if I take it back a bit and we go back to the 1920s, there was a Dr. Royal Raymond Rife. And he also came into the understanding that obviously everything is energy. We, we, you know, we knew that we had Tesla back then. We had, um, you know, I think, you know, Einstein was young then. And he understood that cell has frequency and he wanted to know if it affected the body because he was dealing with cancer patients. So he actually designed a frequency monitoring machine and he used this machine on a thousand cancer patients. And these were absolute verified trials that he did. And they 
98% of them were cured of their cancer. When he adjusted the frequency, the other 2% were cured of their cancer. And from this, he determined, and it's probably, the frequency ranges are probably a lot more, um, what's the right word, um, sort of succinct now. But but if I take his his level, because, you know, people will get an understanding then. So he was saying that above 80 hertz is a healthy body, they're healthy cells, because they naturally are. Left alone, they're healthy. And between 56 and 60 hertz, when the cell frequency drops to 56 and 60 hertz, they the immune system becomes compromised. And this is where um, it becomes inflamed and colds, flus, all the first signs of ill health start to show up. At 42 hertz, <clears throat> we sorry, <clears throat> at 42 hertz, we see cancer cells activate. So it's very much on the frequency of the cells. And they the cells will take their where their their frequency is from our beliefs. So we're we're it's literally the opposite of this Darwinian thing that our environment creates who we are. We are creating the environment. We are creating what our cells and and there's a um, a process that goes through the brain, which I'll I'll go into in you know sort of later on, which actually shows how our external um, experiences uh, are transmuted from this because it's all frequency. And so basically our external experience become the reflection of our place of belief. That is fascinating. So then I'm wondering, um, Adele, this is probably a big question, but... (laughs) You know, when our bodies then brings us symptoms when we're at work, does mm-hmm. it necessarily mean that we need to change our work or does it mean we have to work on our beliefs? <clears throat> it's the body is always in communication. This is what I call energetic communication. Mm-hmm. And this is what I've come to understand in through through the sort of intense internal journey that I've that I've had to do or I had to do and I'm doing you know I still do now our body there there is no such thing as illness it is our body bringing meaning Mm -hmm. and whether it is full-blown colds flus you know endometriosis I mean if I take that as an example I didn't stop I was doing 60 hours a week and I was getting up at five o'clock in the morning. I wasn't getting back till six o'clock at night. I was barely seeing my children. When I got home, I would have to do lay floorboards, paint walls, fix the roof, you know, all those sort of things. I was just on the go. I wasn't stopping, you know, and, and, and I, was, I was making sure. And even my children would say, mom, you know, just sit down for a minute. Just sit down. And I was like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm, I'm fine, you know. And it was like, bam. You know, my body just went, you're going to stop. Hmm. And as soon as I stopped, it meant I had to face. And the reason I hadn't been stopping, which I then realized once I stopped, was because I didn't want to face where I was and what I was doing. 
and it made me stop. And so your body is always bringing meaning, whether it's an ache or a pain, whether it's a twinge in the elbow, whether it's your knee joint uh, feel feels bad. You know, I, I've worked with um, some singers uh, since since doing this, and I had um, a, a lovely guy who was a, a wonderful tenor, but he has a, an agent's that keep putting him into sort of, um, oh, what do they call them? Um, cabaret, cabaret style events. And he's a, he's a, a, a sort of a Sydney Opera House. He's, a, he's an Albert Hall mm. singer. He's that good. He's Pavarotti good. And he was constantly coming down with sore throats. Oh, boy. And I, and I kept explaining to him, the throat is your is your voice. You know, it, it's when when the throat keeps playing up, it's because you're not being heard. Mm. You know, and it's your body telling you you've got to speak up. You know, if you you don't like what's going on, you've got to speak up. Mm. Um, it's the same with when you know when people get knee knee conditions or or lower legs, uh, ankles. Um, when there's a, a strain or or anything like that, it's usually the body saying, "Stop! Look at the direction you're going in. This isn't where you want to go. Mm. You know, you need to stop." Mm. And it tries to stop you. You know, so there there is meaning to everything. So it's it's not. I mean, mine was huge. My my meaning came. It was huge, and it meant a huge career shift. But it doesn't have to be that for most people, because a lot of people will go into careers because they love. They love doing what they do. But it could just be that they're around a lot of people who, in themselves, hold a lot of fear and low self worth, and their own ego is feeding on that, and it comes across as being very negative. And they're very um, argumentative, you know, or or they they're they're in a place, you know, in the early jobs that I had, I, I had some sort of like team leaders who particularly wanted to make sure that you didn't get on, you know, that that, uh, that they there was a lot of jealousy there because that you know they they wanted to make sure they were in control, and obviously they you know where the ego is, the narcissist tendencies will come in, mm-hmm. so. You know, it could just be that they they need to move to a different place or or move into a different area of the work that they're doing. You know, it doesn't have to be a major shift out of, you know, the career that they're in. But any kind of ill health is the body trying to, to make them pay attention. Now, it might not be the career. It could be just what's happening at home. It could be situations, you know, that maybe they're going through a a difficult situation in their in their personal relationships. Maybe that you know somebody is um, married married or or living with a narcissist, and that will affect the body. That will affect the body. Will tell them, you know, you've got to stop and you've got to face this. Right. So what you're really saying is wherever the the, um, the stress is coming from that is influencing the body. We need to pay attention to the symptoms in the body. It, it's it's actually st- stopping the external and saying, "Oh, look, I've got a cold. I'll I'll just I'll I'll re- resign myself to it. 
And, you know, my body is doing this. And it's to stop that kind of uh, misperception and actually go internally, Mm. actually go into making that internal communication with your body and understanding what it's telling you and, and opening up and going, okay, I'm listening. What are you telling me? What, what do I, and, and it will, your, your own instinct, your own intuition will guide you as to what it is that is causing this. And I can't begin to tell you how quickly symptoms go as soon as you identify what the meaning is Mm. and you and you and you decide that you're going to make the change it's literally it can be within a day symptoms can be gone that is profoundly wonderful to hear um and it's and it's almost like when we have a little child and they have to scream for our attention they will keep on screaming until we hear them yes so the body's trying to get our attention and when we hear the message and of course, then do something about it. Um, it can say, "Okay, you heard me now. I can go." Well, I have an example, but I worked with um, I've worked with a lot of people with chronic pain, and in particular fibromyalgia. And I had one. I had two cases. One lady was bedridden for fourteen months and couldn't get out of bed. And once we started to go through the meaning that her body was bringing, what was going on in her life? And what she wasn't paying attention to and what she wouldn't <clears throat> accept. Literally, you, ha- you have to surrender into the, the bits that you want to run away from. Yes. You know, that you have to surrender into them in order for them to dissolve. Because the more you run away, the more you feed the ego. And she, once she began to face what it was that she hadn't been paying attention to and she was running from. And a lot of it will go back to the low self-worth, low self-esteem. Um, within four days, the pain had stopped. Within seven days, she was out of bed and she never went back. Okay. And I had another lady who had fibromyalgia and literally four days, she the pain had stopped and, and that was it. And she was able to, you know, anything that came back because obviously – it was still a journey to to move away from this and to do the work required to move away from low self-esteem and low self-worth, to understand your worth, because that's part of the internal journey. Mm-hmm. So there can be relapses, but she knew then how to pay attention to her body as soon as any kind of pain came back again. Right. What a profoundly empowering thing to realize. That That is just huge. Yeah. Um, the next thing I want to ask you is if you can share with us maybe some of the most important things we need in order to be happy and productive at work. Certainly. Um, what I've come to understand, and I mean, this has been a huge, massive, massive journey for me coming from so much fear and um, ill health. And I had so much to get rid of because not only did I have what was going on through my life, but I had the generational Irish Catholic, you know, um, guilt and fear (laughs) that I had to clear out as well. And it was it's like it's like peeling layers off an onion as you do the internal work, as you peel away at those layers and you have the strength and courage to face all of your anxieties and your fears and step into them, 
you literally peel away at the layers that have been that are affecting your cells and the cell frequency. And the majority of this is coming from the thought mind. Um, it's what I've come to understand is what we have. Obviously, mankind, cre- you know, we have the mind, we have the thoughts and we have the thought mind that is productive, that helps the body processes. Um, the if I if I very, very quickly sort of go through these these processes, which are now sort of scientifically verified, the electrical impulses which come from our belief um, go into the frontal lobe, which is where the first remnants of a vision come into place. And it um, and the frontal lobe involves movement, decision making and problem solving and planning. Um, those electri- electrical impulses then go to the thalamus. And this is our sensory signals uh, to and from the, s- the spinal cord and the cerebrum. And it's a reality processor. And this is where our thoughts reside. This is where thoughts come. So thoughts are a byproduct of belief. From the thalamus, it goes to the occipital lobe. And uh, this is where our visual processing comes in. So this is where we start to see the vision of, you know, the, the signal. And from there, it goes to the peritoneal lobe. And this is the important one. In the peritoneal lobe, uh, we is created an artificial construction of who we are. So our belief and our thought come together here and create the projected perception of our reality. So this is where our what happens in our external experiences is created from us. It doesn't just happen. We are creating the transmutation of energy. Hmm. But what has happened over millennium is the thought mind, the way that I believe, you know, uh, have come to understand this is that the thought mind has fractured and we have created an artificial intelligence, which we now call the ego. But the ego only resides in thoughts of past and future. Um, and it will bring uh, any time we're in those modes of thinking in past and future. Um, we are bringing in anxiety, which is future thought. And we are bringing in um, depression, low self-worth coming from thoughts of the past. So this is the mind chatter. This is what goes on in people's minds and they get completely consumed by it. And the ego feeds, it feeds and it fuels on people staying in the past and future. And if you understand that past and future actually don't exist, these are electrical impulses. If you if you actually were in the midst of a thought of the past, you are not actually there right now. And if you will have a thought of the future, you're not there right now. They are electrical, so they are a projection in the mind and the best way to be able to come back to being balanced at work is to bring yourself back into this present moment because presence is what we have everything resides here right now and when you can start to become present the ego cannot survive in this present moment. In, and this is like, I can't go, express it enough. This is the fullness of life 
is in this moment. And, and you can um, witness this if you go out in nature. If you go out and stand in nature and just let nature, just, just pay attention to nature without your mind chatter going on, you begin to feel this power of life that is in nature. And there's no time in nature. You know, the, the, nature is present. It's just there. And the, the sooner that we can we can bring ourselves into recognizing being the witness and the watcher to the thought mind, the less stress and anxiety we create for ourselves because we're not feeding the ego anymore. And that tightness in the stomach, that flutter of the heart, because we're going into these perceptions of past and future, they go. They don't, they're not there anymore. And there is a balance that comes in. And so when you become present, you're able to understand where other people are and how, how the addiction of the ego is working through them. So when you hear people trying to be insulting or, you know, you, you start to witness, you start to have an empathy that opens up that you're able to deal with. So you're no longer reacting to what people are doing or saying. Mm. You're just witnessing it. There's no more reacting. Mm. And that's, that's really powerful for when you're in, certainly when you're in the corporate world. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And there's a lot going on there that we cannot ever control. Other people come with their histories and backgrounds and their stories of, uh, past and future and we have to interact and find a way to to be in the world in a balanced way so that our health can be better rather than than worse because of it so Idal you've shared some amazing tips with us this is just profoundly valuable um, and I, I heard you say earlier and may, we sort of touched on it and I, I wonder if you have a little bit more to add about it is that I heard you say something to do with it's never about the external world. That's not where we change things. So would you like to share with us a few thoughts about where do we change? How do we change our external world? The, the journey I had, and, and bearing in mind, I had no external references. I'd never heard of um, self-help. I, I had no idea. And even to this day, I've never been to an ashram or, you know, been to any kind of courses. I don't even do yoga. I still do Taibo, to be honest with you. Um, and so this was a, 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 an incredible journey to make solely without any point of reference. So I, I was being guided totally by my intuition. I had to turn back and completely understand that I needed to trust it. And that was a huge step. It was like stepping off a cliff mm. and, you know, like just trusting that you were just going to land and not break your bones. You know, it was it was massive. And, and there was a lot of cliff leaps for me uh, back when I first left finance. And it's. The internal journey, I think the, the, the best way is for people to begin into meditation. Now, I'm not talking about a quick 15-minute, play some music, 
it's pleasant because the mind chatter is still there. You're never, ever going to get rid of that mind chatter if you're doing it that way. You have to go into a meditation that is going in at cellular level. And I, uh, I, I ended up developing my own meditation because I realized that I needed to communicate with my cells. And so I developed a meditation where, where I couldn't stop the mind chatter. I changed it. And I started to build in commands that I would say, so I would tell my cells that they were whole and complete. I would go through every cell, atom, molecule, proton, neutron, electron, and I would go through every part of the body and I would be telling it that it was whole and complete. And basically in science, what you're doing is you're creating new neural networks when you do this. So you're dissolving the old networks, so the old belief patterns and you're creating new neural networks into the new belief patterns, and your cells are taking the signal from those. So it's huge. So the 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 best way I found, because I had so much to get rid of, I had so much crap inside me, that I had to go into a very, very intensive meditation process. So, um, you know, it, it literally went to, at some points, it was three to five hours a day that I was doing meditation. Uh, you know, now uh, I've got it down to between 30 and 45 minutes. But, you know, it needs to be that kind of time. You need to put at least 30 minutes into a meditation, especially at the start when you're first starting out and you're moving away from from the mind chatter. Uh, and, and you're you're going in to look at what's going on and what you're holding on to inside. And that area, that place of uh or space of presence that you come into in meditation opens up so much communication within the body that the body actually shows you what you're holding on to and what you're bringing from the, you're still you know bringing as a, re, a reality from the past so that firstly is is the best way to um to to get started also is as as I said before is to become the witness and the watcher of your thought mind to be able to be aware of when you're going into past thought. And often this won't happen until you've had an altercation or until you've had a reaction. But you'll find that as you do this, you'll react and then you'll suddenly go, I just reacted. And why did I react? Because that doesn't even exist. You know, I've got myself all het up over something that happened in the past or, it's, you know, something that's going to happen in the future. It's not here now. You know, why did I do that? And then then you're bringing yourself present. You're actually being aware. You're coming into presence awareness. And the more you do this, the more you find that you start to be aware before the reaction. Um, and and as you're doing this, this is where you're actually letting go of the hold of the ego. You're, you're actually recovering from this addiction of the ego because it is like any addiction and you will have relapses as you go through the recovery process. So there, you know, if I try and get through to people there, there is no blame. There's no guilt. There's no failure. This is the ego. This is the conditioning of the ego. What we do is experience. And everything we go through is experience. No more than that. Nothing else. And if you can take everything that has happened in your life as experience, you let go of the labels. 
That's lovely. The more labels we give things, the more meaning we're almost attached to them. So I would love to ask you, Adele, to share with us how people can get hold of you. This has been so fascinating, and I'm pretty sure that there's many people out there who'd like to reach out to you or find you on social media. If you can share with us a website or an email yes. address. I, I've, I've, got, I've got three different ways of people contacting me, obviously through my main, main website, which is Um And that also, um, it, I have, I've written something like 2,000 articles on there, and a lot of them are very science-based articles, so people can get the truth, the, the real information. Um, I have a YouTube channel. I have over 200 uh, videos on my YouTube channel. Uh, again, it's Idello Mani. And I, have, I now have a media membership subscription um, a website where people can subscribe on a monthly basis and they, there's no contract, so there's no pressure for people. They can just do it one month at a time, whatever they want. And it gives them access to different levels depending on what, where they want to come in. And there are seminars, there are video seminars, there are question and answer videos, there are audios, uh, there are sound bites. That there's a whole host of things to help people to be able to do this journey. Um, I also have um, the the book, and that's that's media. and I have books. and that people can find my book. They can find all the booksellers that are now selling the book uh, because it's on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. Um, you know, it's 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 in online on all the major bookstores. It's a paperback book, and it's also on Kindle. And I have three other books in on Kindle as well. So there's there's quite a way that people can um, you know can find find out uh, and and obviously I, I have the meditation program which is on the main website which people can purchase. Fantastic, and I know this may be a lot to take in for people. So what I will do is on the show notes page, we will have links to all those different um, places, websites, and. Um, membership sites that Idel mentioned so thank you that's great um, it sounds so valuable and f- chock-a-block full of useful information Idel is there, are there any last tips maybe you want to like just an action step or a tip or a last thought that comes up for you that we can walk away with today yes certainly the um, one of the things that the importance of, of and how powerful this this is is that if you imagine if HR departments, if CEOs, if managers all began the internal journey and they then brought that into a work environment. I mean, we're seeing meditation coming into the corporate business now as verified stress relief. You know, can you imagine the change in the work environment once we bring this in? And this is how we, we will get rid of sick leave. It will be eliminated completely. And people will because people will be working there because they love working there. You know, but um, a, a, a quick tip for people to understand is um, paying attention to their intuition and paying attention to how they feel. So you have a yes and a no point. And when something isn't right for you, you will feel it. So the easiest way to do this is either be in a space of peace outside in, you know, in nature or, or, or in a meditation and ask yourself, where is your yes point? And your body will immediately give you a indication and don't analyze it just take that first place it also ask where is your no point and then when you're in your day-to-day 
work or business and all you know interactions pay attention to these places because whatever is happening you will know whether it's good for you by whether it's coming from your yes or your no point wow that is profound that is so so beautiful what a beautiful way to end this off on very <laughs> practical <laughs> yeah and, it, it, and it's amazing yeah. You know, I mean, if, if people have work decisions to make, if they if they're going for for uh, uh, interviews, this is huge for them. You know, because when you trust, you trust that yes point and you trust that no point. You you walk away from an interview and you go, you know, this isn't going to be right for me, and so therefore you don't have that. Oh, I didn't get the interview because you've you've actually gone with your own integrity. Mm. And what I'm guessing, Adele, is that. Perhaps in the beginning, we need to practice it a little bit in order to start trusting yes. that what we hear yes. is, is really right for us. I, I'd, I'd take it in, in little steps and use just little examples first. Right. Use little, maybe things at home that, um, you know, and, and how you feel or, or, or things that you're going for and use that process first. And then you begin to trust it and you go, oh, yes, you see, there we go. So we build up the trust uh, with our own inner communication over a little period. My word, Idel, this has just been fantastic. I want to say thank you so much for sharing so much valuable information and things that we can all use and think about and start listening to our body's communication to us. Thank you. It's been incredible. You're more than welcome. It's become my way of life. It's my absolute passion now now that I understand and now that I've been through the experience of it and everything that I write about and everything in the book is come from experience so I know that if I can do it other people can do it Mm, beautiful and to my listeners and our listeners today thank you so much for tuning in we appreciate you spending time with us today if you want to hear words of wisdom about making a career change mindfully there are other articles interviews with guest speakers and the show notes of this episode of with Idel on SavvySelfGrowth.com. and if you need help with finding a career that you'll adore and love and work through some of these beliefs that we talked about today that influence your cells and make you sick at work please you're welcome to contact me through this website as well SavvySelfGrowth.com, or take a look at Adele's website and I'm going to put the show notes page up and um, put her website very clearly there for you to see and remember a fulfilling career is a journey that involves the wisdom of your heart it may take a little time like Adele mentioned today um, yet the, the rewards are incredible thank you so much for tuning in today for other inspiring guests and articles on career change and the notes of today's show be sure to visit SavvySelfGrowth.com download your free gift while you're there thank you for sharing this show with a friend remember a mindful career transition is a journey that involves the wisdom of the heart